0: The skincare world is like a minefield. There's always a new product, there's always a new gadget coming out. It's hard to know which products are actually non-toxic and are going to deliver powerful outcomes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. From a list of over 250 skincare, haircare, makeup, hair, skin, nail supplements, grooming supplies, dermal rollers, and dermal rolling serums, I've got you covered. All of these products are pre-vetted by me and are free of parabens, salate sulfates, artificial dyes, and fragrances, head on over to the shop page at theschoolofradiance.com. If you'd like some customized guidance, which I highly recommend, be sure to book your one-on-one session, use promo code PODCAST15, and I look forward to connecting with you over at theschoolofradiance.com. Enjoy today's episode on The School of Radiance Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Rachel Varga, and in today's episode, we're going to talk all about eye skincare tips for fine lines, wrinkles, and rejuvenation. And I'm pulling on my clinical and research expertise since 2011 with over 10 years in the field of ophthalmology and oculoplastic surgery. And one of my, actually, it was my first research article was written on algorithms for re- rejuvenating the delicate periocular otherwise known as the eye area and then in my most recent article on oxidative stress and its impacts on skin aging which you can read these articles over at the schoolofradiance.com on the research page the eyes are the first area of the face to show signs of aging and there is clear data to give us reasons why from rubbing our eyes too much to high levels of oxidative stress think for a second if you've ever had an exposure to pollen or allergens and things like that or if you're having an internal histamine response so say for example you've been exposed to something your body's under stress something elicited a histamine response you're going to get redness and irritation and puffiness to the eyes Well, with the delicate eye area, we also get a lot of exposure to things like wind and sun and also LEDs. This is why you usually see me wearing these blue light blocking glasses, but for the purpose of recording here, I'm gonna leave them off so you can see my eyes, bright and clear. There's so many beauty trends and gimmicks and gadgets and skincare product options available that all claim to reduce sagging to the eyelids, dark circles, and puffy lower eye bags. Now, what we're gonna talk about in this episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast, formerly known as the Rachel Varga Always Radiant Skin Podcast, is what you can do to protect the eyes, what type of skincare approaches you can take to support and protect the delicate eye area, as well as maybe what to avoid, gimmicks-wise, and of course, rejuvenation options. And if you're looking for customized guidance, this is where we can actually connect and the information for that is in the description of this episode. So be sure to subscribe to the show and let me know if you have any questions afterwards. Contact details are below in the description of the show. So first of all, what do we need to do to protect the eyes and care for the eyes as the delicate area that it is? when it comes to cleansing it is really important to use a cleanser that is thoroughly going to cleanse the lash line we're going to start with some foundational skincare approaches here we're not going to, we're, i'm not going to talk about you know this gimmicky skincare cream or eye serum or eye patch or whatever at home you know who knows what it really comes down to establishing your foundations and in my experience people that use heavily oil based products or things like micellar water or even makeup wipes they usually showed higher levels of redness, sagging, puffiness, darkness around the eyes. And one of the things in ophthalmology is actually floppy eyelid syndrome. This is actually a syndrome. So say for example, you rub your eyes a lot. If you are exposed to allergens, you get seasonal allergies and things like that, you might wanna rub your eyes. I want you to pay attention to when your eyes are itchy, and irritated because this is actually a signal from your body trying to tell you take really good care of me because I'm going through something, right? So when it comes to using products like my water, oil-based products, makeup wipes, they're not necessarily adequately cleansing the delicate lash line and eye area. And then what we can also see is disruption of the myobium glands and dry eye and things like that. So, using a cleanser in the AM with a thorough rinse of that product, as well as in the PM with a double cleanse, and ensuring you are rinsing and cleansing the lash line appropriately is really important to protect the glands around the eyes. Now, the other thing that you can do is, like I just mentioned, wear things like blue light blocking glasses. I've worn glasses since I was t- great uh, since I was age ten. And only, you know, maybe a year ago did I actually switch to prescription blue light blocking glasses. Previously, I had this, you know, blue light film from the optometrist, but it doesn't work to the same capacity as something like this that actually can do a better job at blocking blue light. So the data is clear that the sun gives us exposure to uv radiation however there's more research and data coming out that because we're home so much we're on our devices all the time we are getting more exposure to blue light and leds and i talk about this in my research article that you can check out the link is in the description of this episode now because of that we may forget to apply our skincare and our sunscreen while we're at home Don't miss out on this. This is really important to not only think about, okay, am I going outside today? Then I'll put my sunscreen on. No, actually every day. And then working at the oxidative stress and reducing that through lifestyle modifications. So purification essentially of your air, water, lighting, electromagnetics, and regular detoxing. These can all help. Now, one of the next foundations to caring for the delicate skin of the eyes and skincare for that is using a moisturizer that is specifically designed for the eyes. The skin around the eyes is as thin as an eggshell. So basically in a cadaver lab, if we are dissecting the eye area, we pull that skin down, you put a piece of paper with, say, a bee on it, like white paper with ink with a bee and you put that under the skin, you put the skin back up in a cadaver lab session, you'll actually see that bee underneath the skin. So the skin is much thinner around the eyes than the rest of the face, which is why I do recommend using an eye cream on the delicate eye area to best support the skin around the eyes. Now with the eyes, the formulation is likely gonna be a little bit different than say your face, neck, chest moisturizer. The face, neck, chest moisturizer could be a little bit heavier and if you were to say use a really heavy moisturizer around the eyes, it could clog the pores around the eyes and cause things like milia. Milia are these little white bumps that occur through inadequate cleansing, using products that have uh, basically pore clogging agents, not exfoliating enough, and rinsing the skin enough. So that is why I recommend using a separate eye cream for the eyes. The next thing we really need to talk about is sunscreen around the eyes. So there's two kinds of, well, actually, there's three. There's three kinds of sunscreens on the market. One of them is a chemical sunscreen filter. These kill our coral reefs and marine life, and they're also hormone disrupting agents. So we don't wanna be using those. Those are also the products that are going to sting the eyes, and are often, that type of sunscreen is often blended with, say, a primer, a BB cream, CC cream or a moisturizer with sunscreen. And we don't want exposure to those chemical sunscreen filters because they are not good for us. Next up, we have a mineral formulation number two. A mineral formulation is a sunscreen containing zinc or titanium dioxide, or a combination of the two. These are mineral sunscreen filters that are shown to last quite a bit longer and they rest on the surface of the skin. The first type of sunscreen, chemical filters, they actually get absorbed into the skin and then they stop working after just a couple of hours. Who is actually going to be reapplying their sunscreen every two hours? I know that's what those bottles say to do. Nobody's actually gonna do that, let's be totally honest here. And then the third type of sunscreen is the really confusing type of sunscreen to find in your products and navigate. The third type of sunscreen is often marketed as a mineral sunscreen, but when you look at the ingredients, it's actually a blend of the chemical sunscreen filters and then the mineral sunscreen filters. Again, the chemical ones do irritate the eyes. So that's why some people are less likely to put sunscreen around their eyes because they think it's going to sting. But the number two mineral sunscreen filters don't sting the eyes because they don't have that chemical irritation effect. The number three is going to potentially sting the eyes if it's a blend of the mineral and chemical sunscreen filters. So at the end of the day, we want to just use a mineral-based sunscreen. There are some nuances with selecting the right sunscreen, whether or not you want a tinted look, an untinted look, a dewy look, or a matte finish. And that's where I come in to help you figure that out what your preferences are and then make recommendations. The number, the next thing we want to talk about with skin foundations are gently exfoliating the skin around the eyes. So if you're using makeup wipes and being really aggressive with your eyes through rubbing, or even when you're drying the skin around the eyes with your towel, be gentle with the delicate eye area, it is much thinner than the rest of the face. So it does require a slightly different approach than say using the towel to dry your hairline, your jawline and the rest of. Of your face. I do love to suggest actually not over drying the skin before putting on your products so that your products can actually go on a little bit easier and then you end up using less of them. Next up, I'm really excited to talk about gimmicks. (laughs) There are so many beauty trends and beauty gimmicks and skincare for the eye area, skincare for hooded eyelids, sagging eyes, and dark under eye circles. Now, when products are claiming to address these things, you have to think about, well, are they actually gonna do that or is it a marketing kind of thing? And the reason I'm doing this episode is because Deborah reached out just yesterday and she said, is there a way to tighten sagging aging skin safely without having plastic surgery, especially under the eyes? Thank you, Deborah. Yes, this is an excellent question. There are ways to tighten sagging skin around the eyes in a safe way but we have to start with the foundations before jumping the gun and going into an expensive rejuvenation procedure. And also, if you're considering things like lasers for the eyes, there's lots of rejuvenation options out there that claim to tighten the skin around the eyes don't really do a great job and are really expensive and you have done like three to six sessions of them and you don't see the results that you want. You do need to prep the skin before any type of rejuvenation, but I am going to share with you that there are some excellent ways to safely promote more collagen to the skin and more collagen to the delicate eye area to soften things like fine lines, wrinkles, and support the skin. When the skin is supported, it's going to function much better. So some of these less invasive options are going to include things like stamping around the eyes with a microneedling piece of technology, or things like dermal rolling. And I teach how to actually do these things at home in my skin camp sessions. These are live tutorials where I show expert level tutorials, not free tutorials that you're seeing, you know, on YouTube here from a non-expert. These are really real raw, unedited, and I make it super fun to learn how to apply your products, perform facial gua sha. By the way, performing lymphatic drainage around the delicate eye area in the a.m. and the p.m., every single time you're washing your face, putting on an eye cream, your moisturizer, your sunscreen, is a really great way to move that lymph around. So in Skin Camp, we cover skincare and makeup tutorials, haircare tutorials with an emphasis on hair growth stimulation. We talk about biohacking and reducing oxidative stress, women's health, as well as peels for the face and body that are non-toxic. And of course, dermal rolling for the face, neck, chest, hands, and delicate eye areas. That's where I do those things. There are some actually technologies that can be really helpful and supportive that you can do around the eyes at home that are actually going to push the product that you're using deeper by opening up the channels in the skin to allow things like peptides to reach the dermis in one session. When you apply a product topically, it usually takes a month for those products to make their way into the dermis, which is where your skin is alive. And with this technology, it actually opens up the channels so it gets there. The top layer of the skin is the stratum corneum, and up close it looks like stacked cornflakes. So if you're not cleansing, if you're using heavily oil-based products, which actually can go rancid, by the way, if you're using a product that's, you know, super clean and all organic, those oils could actually become rancid and an oxidative stressor if they're not kept stable. There are some great oil-based products out there. And it's my job to help you find the best of the best for your specific skin needs. There are some excellent in clinic options for reducing thinning of the skin around the eyes. So when we think of skin tightening, I want you to reframe how you think of skin tightening for the skin and skin tightening for jowls and sagging skin and, and things like that. I want you to look at it in a couple of different ways. So number one, we want the skin to be nice and thick. We want more collagen. So in a research article I reviewed yesterday, yesterday I reviewed six research articles as part of my responsibilities of being a board member on a medical journal. And in this article, it said that in the study, they were using 12 grams of collagen a day in their study, which is what got them the results compared to the the placebo group, the other group that didn't consume collagen so consuming collagen for the skin to create collagen is excellent now there are different qualities of collagen on the market collagen can come from the skin of an animal whether that's marine poultry or beef and for the most part depending on your your dna and epigenetic needs we can test for what type of collagen actually your body will best absorb for me it's beef and the trick with collagen is to ensure that that collagen is grass-fed, non-GMO, and third-party lab tested. You really want to stay away from the skincare and beauty gimmicks with hair, skin, nail supplements. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a gummy that was hailed from the mountaintops. And every influencer out there was posing on social media with a gummy in their mouth claiming to create happier, healthier, fuller hair, and better skin. What happened was a third party lab actually took that gummy and analyzed the ingredients. And when I went on the website, it said manufactured in the USA, not not made in the USA and ingredients from the USA, manufactured in the USA. So what happened in this third party analysis of the ingredients of this gummy that was just marketed everywhere, you saw it in every top magazine, ads everywhere for it, they must have made millions on the sale of this product. The third party lab found that in two gummies, which was the the daily recommended uh, amount for the day on the packaging, actually exceeded the daily allowable limit for lead. The daily allowable limit for lead, which is a very toxic heavy metal. So buyer beware when you see these gimmicks out there claiming to support the skin and hair And there was also a recent another scandal with a hair growth stimulating product as well with the quality having gone down. And this often happens when companies get bought by bigger companies to enhance their profits. So there is this concept of big beauty out there as well. And just be careful with the gimmicks that you see online it's my aim to help you become a more conscious consumer so that you don't waste time and money on things that aren't going to be in the highest for you now when it comes to in clinic rejuvenation with lasers there's lots of fantastic options so whether or not we're dealing with pigmentation or we're dealing with thin skin or laxity or fine lines and wrinkles especially around the eye area one of the things that's important to note is that the outcome of a rejuvenation treatment is dependent on whether or not you're doing the foundations at home as well as the specific technology the energy of the technology and the skill and attention to detail of who is providing the service for you so there's a lot to know as opposed to just okay you see some before and after pictures online because the eyes are very delicate and Unless you're working with someone who really gets in there and safely to rejuvenate the eyes. I've seen it where people have had lasers and the technician stopped right here, about an inch from the lash line. What is that going to possibly do for the lower eyelid area in regards to addressing the skin there? They totally miss the mark on that. And I see this far too often. So there are little tips and tricks that I love to share with you to maximize your results so that you receive powerful outcomes. And that's just you know one tip there. So there's light-based technologies that use bio-photomodulation that can address pigmentation around eyes. There's other technologies, say like a fractionated laser technology that basically uses laser beams to create almost like an aeration to the lawn effect. And it creates columns of injury using a laser beam at a specific frequency. It causes the skin to coagulate or otherwise known as creating a controlled injury and then it heals. You're going to get the best healing when you reduce your oxidative stress in your lifestyle through exposure to common toxins in air, water, lighting, electromagnetics, and are doing regular detoxing. There's lots of other technologies out there as well that are combining uh, microneedling with radiofrequency. However, some of those are still really new and we don't really know the long-term effects of how the skin and collagen will form a number of years later. Back in the day, there was a piece of technology and I actually know the founder of this technology and he's a fantastic guy. However, about seven to eight years later, we started to notice that it actually was creating negative impacts on the skin. So just because you hear of a technology, it's brand new, it's innovative, you know, it's the latest beauty trend, you really want to actually just pause for a moment. This is what my career has taught me since 2011 as a aesthetic nurse in the space of providing over 20,000 procedures, that you really need to take a wait and see effect, especially with brand new technologies to hit the market, as well as other things like injectables. So in regards to plastic surgery, there's a non-surgical component and a surgical component. The non-surgical can include energy-based technologies. It can also include injectables. And there are some options on the market that do a great job at lifting the delicate areas of the eyes. And this is what I highlight in my paper, Rejuvenation to the Periocular Area. It's basically an algorithm. And one of the things, just a word of warning is the reason I wrote this paper and I talk about this in this paper is that say things like fillers, if they're done in the periocular area, like in the tear trough, like tear trough fillers are very popular and they have been for quite some time. It's oftentimes one of the first things a younger person is going to ask for. Uh, Say, for example, how do we deal with, how can I address things like crow's feet and dark under eye circles and, you know, tear troughs? The number one, option that's usually relayed is let's do some tear trough fillers what we started to see was actually hyaluronic acid that was placed here was sometimes migrating and attracting water so some of these options definitely aren't without risk and all of that and by the way this is not medical advice this is educational information only if you think you have a medical condition you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician so i basically wrote this paper in an effort to help reduce Uh, negative outcomes and provide more powerful outcomes. That's what I'm all about. So just because something's available doesn't necessarily mean it's the best thing out there, or when you go somewhere, it could just be the options that they have in, say, the med spa you're going to. Plastic surgery and surgery does have a place in hooded upper eyelids as well as lower eye bags. And this is where oculoplastic surgery shines and where I have over 10 years of experience in. Sometimes instead of trying to go for gimmicky products or, you know, the latest and greatest rejuvenation trend out there and, um, you know, rejuvenation option, sometimes the surgical option could provide the results that you're looking for. So it really just depends on what's going on with you. That's why it's not always the best to just go on social media and, you know, see someone got this result from that. Or the other thing that I see that's super misleading are before and after photos. And I'll see these all the time on social media. So there's a before and after photo, I can tell that that picture has been photoshopped or the incision lined from a blepharoplasty is visible and pro, uh, companies are basically using these before and after photos to promote a skincare product. When I can easily tell that that under eye bag and skin laxity was resolved with a lower blepharoplasty. And I can see this really easily. It's hard for you if you're you know not experienced in the industry. So I just really want to leave you with that To have this understanding that there's lots of different options out there, it can be totally confusing. However, starting with the foundations and living a low oxidative stress lifestyle through purification of air, water, lighting, electromagnetics is really important. If you're starting to notice an uptick with redness and puffiness and darkness and irritation, even you know, flaking of the skin around the eyes. It is your body trying to tell you something. The eyes are one of the first areas of the face that show signs of aging, as well as inflammation in the body. So get really good at tuning into what your skin is telling you. Your skin is your largest organ. That's why I love to study it. But oftentimes things that are happening on the inside can take time for it to display on the skin. So get to know what your signs are of your skin trying to talk to you and then really clean things up with your lifestyle with your diet with with detoxing with you know what you're drinking or not drinking all of these are going to contribute as well as stress stress obviously is a root cause of many different diseases out there so reducing that stress by being in more positive emotional states is really really important and for women and men having the balanced masculine and feminine energies too so that your systems are balanced, it really all is all about balance to slow aging and get the best benefit from your skincare and your rejuvenation. All right, so I had a chance to answer any questions that came through. Thank you so much, Deborah, for your email. Feel free to reach out if you have any other episode requests. Uh, my contact details are in the description of this episode. And if you're looking for further guidance, you can book a call, take my skin camps for tutorials. And then for the deeper stuff, the ways to reduce stress and basically this whole concept of radiance, getting your your skin to shine from the inside out. um, This is where I get into further details in my membership and talk about technologies even that I use to support my aging process that I don't see anybody else talking about. So I have this unique approach to skin aging and also longevity. And it's not about how much money you have. It's actually about who you know and what you have brought into your awareness. But when you look and you are on the path of really doing your best and consciously looking at what you're doing, the right people are going to show up at the right time the right way. So it's not mistake that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me here in this episode on the School of Radiance podcast. I look forward to connecting with you soon. And again, send me, send me an email and you know, comment in this episode. Be sure to subscribe and let me know what you found interesting or if you have upcoming topic requests. And I'm I'm here, you know, humble human on a mission, here to help you achieve and receive the best hair, skin, and nails of your life feel your best, look your best and navigate life with more grace and ease. And yes, bringing our most beautiful version forward is really important for building confidence so that you're more likely to build your community, which is also a massively important thing in living your best life. All right. Love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. And I will see you again right here on the School of Radiance podcast.